Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Today we continue our conversation on why we age. Last time we looked at biological aging and the process of which we age biologically. We talked about the two main regulators of aging, if you will, our genes and our epigenetics. Remember, genes are the things that we are born with that are the instructions, if you will, of our life. Epigenetics are the cook of our life, if you will. The cook decides which instructions are turned on and off to a degree, and your epigenetics are modifiable through your behaviors and your surrounding environment. If you eat well, if you move well, and if you are not surrounded by environmental toxins and toxins like we talked about in electromagnetic fields often like we talked about those things all have a significant impact on your biological age and will change that process as you get chronologically older today we're going to talk about social aging and how social aging also has a gigantic impact on how we age in general. Social aging has to do with how you interact with the world around you, with the environment around you, the people around you, what you think about yourself as you're interacting with the environment and the community around you as well. There are three basic theories on social aging. I believe that all of these theories have definitely play a part in every bit of our social aging to a degree. So it's not like it's one of the other. Uh, these three definitely all play a part. And these aren't the, the only social theories of aging. They're just kind of the most prevalent. So they're, we're just going to review them very quickly. The first one is called disengagement theory. Disengagement theory, the disengagement theory of aging, says that society encourages older people to disengage from their activities so that younger people have an opportunity to step into that role. So if you think about, say, being at a job for a long period of time, if you're in a bigger corporation, they may encourage you at a certain age to retire so that they can get younger people in that spot and take advantage of their uh, younger quote unquote abilities. With disengagement theory, that's basically the idea is that you're stepping out of a role that you, quote unquote, don't have the capabilities for anymore, and you're moving toward a role that you have the physical and mental capabilities for. The next theory is called activity theory. This theory has a more positive spin to it. It says that older people benefit themselves and society by staying by being active participants in the society. So with this theory, then if as you age, maintaining a level of activity, being a participant in society in some way, shape, or form um, benefits the society. You can think of this as maybe being a mentor once you're retired from your job. So if you've been convinced to leave your job, sticking around and mentoring the person that maybe took your job over to help them with the wisdom of the job so that maybe they can not have to run into some of the issues that you ran into as you went through the job. Um, that's one way to think of activity theory. 
And then the last one is conflict theory. This one states that older people experience aged, age-based bias and prejudices. This one is, I'll say, very prevalent, sadly, in our society. Uh, age-based pre- uh, prejudices include things like, well, you're too old to be able to do X, Y, Z, so no, you're not going to be hired to do that. And while, of course, to an extent, that's true in a number of different, uh, a number of different, excuse me, uh, areas of work, I don't know. I think that that someone who is a more advanced age than a younger person um, can easily get overlooked if uh, based based on just their chronological age. So, uh, conflict theory, I would say generally speaking, that conflict theory and disengagement theory kind of are the more prevalent ones, at least in America. Remember, disengagement is encouraging older people to step away from activities so that younger people can then step in. And conflict theory is older people experiencing age-related bias, uh, age-based prejudices and discrimination um, based on their perceived level of mental and physical capabilities. So, uh, like I said, all these theories play a part in our society today. And I think the role that society plays on our aging is way underappreciated, well underappreciated. A lot of the focus is on biological aging and how we can eat better and how we can move better and exercise more and do those kinds of things, which, of course, are definitely very, very, very important. Obviously, that's what we talk about a lot of the time here, most of the time here. So very important parts of aging. But on this other aspect, the social aging aspect, it's very underappreciated how our culture, our personal perception, um, and the people who are around us affect the way that we age. So... With that, the main factors that influence our social aging are culture's perception, our culture's perception of aging, our personal perception of aging, and the community that we have around us or the company that we keep. Those three things are the main ways that our social aging is impacted. And understand that this also impacts, we talked about the four dimensions of aging at the beginning of last episode, chronological age, biological age, psychological age, and social age. Social aging also impacts psychological age and also impacts biological aging. So let's break these three down. The culture's perception of aging, your personal perception of aging, and the community or the company that you keep and how those impact your social aging. Uh, your culture's perception first. So um, in his book, The Mind, Body, Self, Mario Martinez talks about seven cultural portals of aging. Uh, This is actually the idea behind this book and the information in this book is very eye-opening. It is a hard book to read, I will say, Um, just because I think the guy's so smart that he just maybe has a hard time translating it into layman's terms, at least anything that this simple brain can understand. Um, But nonetheless, all the information is is great. And one of the things that he talks about is the seven portals of aging. 
Now, a portal, by his definition, is a segment, a segment of aging uh, with expected beliefs in, and ways of conduct. So he has seven portals of aging, and once I explain this, so you'll be able to understand it. We're not going to go over, over all seven, but there are seven that he covers in the book. The first one is newborn. The second one is infancy. Third one is childhood. Fourth one is adolescence, young adulthood, middle age, and then old age in that order. So within each one of those, quote, portals of aging, there are certain beliefs about that portal and certain expectations of conduct within that portal. And this is based around the society that you live in. Some societies have different beliefs and expectations in certain portals than others. And based on what society you live in, you probably will, will mold yourself to, that, to those expectations and beliefs. Uh, so let's look at three of the portals, if you will. The first one is young adulthood. So within young adult, adulthood, we are expected, expected to get married, expected to start a career, expected to start a family, and expected to start to push aside our dreams, if you will, or start to push aside our personal um, develop, not development, maybe that's not the right way to put it, but we start to overlook our own personal development. We start not to take care of ourselves as much. We're focusing more on starting a career and getting our career going than anything else. That is young adulthood. And if you can think about your own time in young adulthood, if you are past that point, um, then you may realize that may that that that's what happened. You started a career, you started a family, you got married, and in that time frame, you stopped paying attention to your own health, you stopped paying attention to maybe some of the things that you wanted to pursue or some of the hobbies that you had. After that is middle age. Middle age, you definitely start to give up on the dreams that you have. Um, you put those dreams, quote unquote, off to retirement. You become a tolerant of your life and job dissatisfaction. So basically you've, you've gotten into your job and gotten into life far enough that you're okay with being dissatisfied with it. You're okay with the malaise of your job and of your life. And I'm not saying that everyone is like this. I'm certainly not saying that all of life and jobs are like this. This is just a tendency of this portal, of the middle age portal. You just become okay with being dissatisfied because you think that it's the way of the world and you think that, the, that that's the way that it is. And then you move into the old age portal in which you start to think about what you can no longer do uh, more, than what you, uh, more than what you can do. So you start to think about, well, now my time is almost up, so here's the things I can, I can no longer achieve and I can no longer do. Um, you're also told ways that you need to start to change. So you're told to take it easy. It is not unusual to be in an environment with older, quote, older people, and they try to do something for themselves, pick something up or move something. And someone goes, oh, don't worry. You don't need to be doing that. You need to be, you need to just sit down and relax. Um, you're also told that you're not young or you're, uh, excuse me, not young enough to be able to do XYZ or you're too old to do XYZ. Um, so if you think about these portals of aging 
and transitioning through these portals, you can see how it can be easy to peg yourself in a portal, say the middle age portal and go, well, I guess I just need to start giving up on my dreams and um, I, I can do these things when I'm retired. And even though I don't like my job, I've already been there for 15 years or 10 years. So I might as well just stick with it until I'm retired. And even though life's not great, uh, it's, it's okay. It's no big deal. That's just the way that it is. If you think about life in this kind of way, you can see how culture plays a big role in how we believe, how we perceive aging should be. If our culture is telling us this is the way you need to be in middle age, then we believe that this is, this is a normal feeling and process for a middle-aged person whether or not that's actually the case if our culture tells us that as we're in in old age define old age as whatever you want to define it as we'll say that that's 70 and older if in old age society tells you you're too old to do xyz you need to relax you're not capable of doing much anymore then we're going to start to believe those things the more often we hear something, the more, the more likely we are to tend to believe it. The question is, is it true? Is it actually true? And if you want to start to overcome some of these cultural portals or some of these cultural beliefs around aging and our conduct, our conduct within our age, then you need to question whether or not it's actually true true. I have the unique good fortune of being in an environment surrounded by people who are older than me, who overcome a whole lot of obstacles, most of which I have never had to overcome. Um, and most of which I hope to not have to overcome. But I see all these people and I go, wow, they've all they it seems like they're doing pretty good. And they're doing pretty well. And I see that the effort they put into their training sessions, and I see that the fitness level that they're able to achieve based on the things that they've overcome. And it's easier for me personally, luckily, to ask the question at 38, is it true that, you know, I'm going to be 40 years old in a couple of years and, uh, well, that's when I start to slide downhill or that's when I start to get weaker. Or that's when I start to do whatever it is. Because I can look at a lot of people around me, I can see that uh, I believe that that's not true. So on your end, when culture or the people or the environment around you is telling you a certain thing about how you should be, it's worth asking the question, is this true? Is it actually true that, that I sh I'm too old to do whatever it is I'm being told I can't do? And one way that you can maybe overcome that belief is by... Uh, by finding someone who has done the thing that you're trying to do, who is your same age. So that could be someone who's a celebrity who's done it in the past. That, is, that could be a friend, that could be a family member. If there's someone who is your same age who has overcome this cultural bias against aging, then it's not true. If there's one person who's overcome it, that means there's many more people and that means you have the possibility to overcome it. So the impact that culture has on you and your beliefs about aging 
is very prevalent and it's worth questioning. When you're confronted with that, ask, is this true? And that will help you hopefully overcome some of those beliefs about aging. Your personal perception is the second big factor that plays a part in your social aging. There was a study done by a Harvard professor named Ellen Langer. The study is called, was called Counterclockwise. She also wrote a book about it. Uh, you may have heard about the study. Basically, what they did in the study is they took eight men that were aged, that were at least 70 years old or older. They took them and they put them, they basically isolated them in um, a, I forget exactly what they used for this, but they isolated them in an environment that was, that looked like it was in the 1950s. The TV was black and white. The shows that they played were all from the 50s. The walls were all paintings and stuff from the 50s. They were only able to talk to each other like they were in, uh, maybe, no, the age. They're, they were only able to talk to each other like they were 50 years old. They were all 70 years old or older, but they had to talk to each other and ask questions as if they were 50 years old, which seems a little challenging in and of itself. But um, so they were in this environment that was that had the staging of being in the 1950s and they were only able to talk to each other as if they were 20 years younger. And they, they were in this environment for five days, for five days. And after that five days, for the things that were improved, so the eyesight, their eyesight was improved, not all of them, but some of their eyesight was improved, their hearing was improved, their dexterity was improved, some of them who walked in with canes walked out without canes. Um, their feelings of aches and pains all improved. Their short-term memory improved just from being in an environment that made them believe that they were younger. Just for being in an environment and acting as if they were younger for just five days. So what's that mean? Going into that experiment, all of those men believed that they, and of course they were 70 plus years old, but they all had beliefs and they all had a culture surrounding them telling them, here's the way aging is, here's the way it should be, and here's how you need to act because of the age that you are. Once they were placed into an environment that was different, was made them believe that they were younger, then their perception of how they felt was changed and it changed to a younger feeling. And that simple shift from believing that, well, I'm 70 years old and so I should be this way to acting and being in an environment in which you believe and act as if you were younger, even though chronologically they did not get any younger, that simple shift was enough to help improve their aches and pains, to help improve some of their physical impairments, and to help improve other aspects of their life. Some of them, like I said, walked in with canes hunched over and walked out without a cane under their own uh, will. So that's pretty amazing after just five days of being in an environment like that. So your personal perception of what aging is and what aging should be plays a gigantic role in all of this. 
like I said, a lot of that is based off of cultural perception. So there's a lot of questioning that needs to happen whenever you see something and you're told something about aging. But your personal perception is a big, big, big deal. And in his book, The Mind Body Self, Mario Martinez, like that we referenced last time, he has an experiment that he has his students do. And this is something that I'm going to recommend that you try, something that I admittedly have not tried, but I plan on starting to try as of today. Uh, by the time you see this, it will be two weeks from now, I believe. Mm, that's not a complete truth, maybe a week and a half from now. So I will have completed this experiment by the time you see this. So you're welcome to reach out and ask my personal uh, experience with it. But it's an interesting experiment to change your perception and your mindset of aging. So the experiment goes as such. Find a picture of yourself from, say, 20 years ago. Take that picture, take a picture of it, and put it on your phone. Or just put it in a place that you can easily access it a couple times throughout the day. Three times throughout the day, first thing in the morning, middle of the day, and at night before you go to bed, pull the picture up and look at it. Here's probably the most important part. As you're looking at the picture, you have to think about the feelings that you had when you were young, the energy that you had, the vibrance that you had, how physically active you were, how strong you were, the mental abilities that you had. You can't think about, oh, I wish I was like that again. Oh, I wish and loathe not being able to be that person again. It's not about loathing to be like that again or that age again. It's about inhabiting the feelings and the abilities of what was there when you were at that age. And that mental shift is very important. So three days a week for seven days, pull the picture out, look at the picture and think about those feelings. Think about the youthful feeling that you had. Think about the energy that you had. Think about your abilities. If you were in sports and you could run fast or you could jump high, like think about those kinds of things and really ingrain them into your mind and envision yourself doing them. Do that for seven days. At the beginning of the experiment, take a picture of your current self. At the end of the experiment, take your picture of yourself again and then compare the two and see if there's any difference. And Dr. Martinez's experience with his students, which he's done this with over the years, the visual perception just of the before and after picture from seven days of viewing a younger picture of themselves and visualizing those younger abilities, the visual perception is drastically different. That people look younger after seven days from before and after just from viewing a picture of themselves and mentally perceiving those, the energy and the abilities that they had as their younger self. So um, it'll be an interesting experiment to try. Like I said, I'm going to try it myself and see how it goes. Um, I'm I, at a slight advantage because, like I said, I kind of have a mindset, a different mindset about this whole aging thing anyway. 
but I think that I, I personally have a lot of work to do in some certain categories of aging. So I'm curious to see how this, uh, how this will go. But that's one way that you can improve your personal perception of aging. So the last factor here that's worth covering is the company that you keep. We talked about cultural, cultural, culture's perception, the culture's perception of aging. We talked about your personal perception of aging. And now uh, the company that you keep is also very important. The company that you keep are simply the people that surround you and the community that you live in. So um, this has to do from a, uh, of course, their perceptions are going to play a big part in how you age, but also the demographic of people that you're surrounded with plays a big part in how you age. So if you are surrounded by people who are your age and they are aging the same way as you, then you view that as the way that you should be aging. Whereas if you don't only surround yourself with people your age, you also surround yourself with people older than you and people younger than you, then you can get a better feel for the different areas of aging and how different those areas can be perceived. If you're friends with people older than you, you'll find that some people go, yeah, it's aging and it sucks. And then you'll find that other people go, I'm pretty happy with how things are. I don't know that I'd want to be any younger. Whereas on the other end, people younger, some of them will go, man, I can't wait till I'm older. And some of them will go, I'm super happy that I'm the age that I am. And gaining different perspectives from different groups of people, different demographics of people is very important on the way that you age and how you age. So to easily, easily may not be the right way to say it, to simply overcome uh, the tendency to surround yourself with people like you. Try to find people older than you, slightly older and much older, if you will, and younger than you, slightly younger and much younger, if you will, and find ways to converse with them regularly. Once a week, at least converse, not just like, oh, hey, what's going on? Kind of converse, but like have a conversation, surround yourself, see how they act, see how they move, see how they communicate with other people so that you can appreciate your current lot in life. And then also look and see how other people appreciate their, where they are in life. And the more you can surround yourself with groups of people that are in different journeys, different uh, parts of their journey, if you will, then the better, more flexible your own personal perception can be, which is very important if you want to age in such a way that empowers you to become your best self and doesn't drag you to become what society tells you you should become because they are two diff very different things. You can choose to empower yourself or you can let society choose for you. And that's totally up to you. Um, let's finish up with a few questions. Actually, let's do a quick summary and then we'll finish up with some questions and then we'll wrap it up. So three theories of social aging, disengagement theory, encourages older people to disengage from their activities so younger people can step in. Activity theory tells us that the 
uh, older people and society benefits from their active participation. And then conflict theory has to do with age-based prejudices and discrimination. We talked about three ways, three factors that influence our social aging, cultures, our culture's perception. We talked about asking why, or not asking why, we talked about asking, is this true in the face of cultural biases, if you will, to challenge whether or not this belief about aging is true so that we're not having culture's influence pushed on us. From personal perception, we talked about using a photograph of ourselves, a younger photograph of ourselves to help invigorate our beliefs about aging. And then from a keeping your company perspective or the company that you're surrounded with perspective, we talked about having older groups and younger groups of people that we're with regularly so that we can have different perspectives of aging. And if we can do that, then we can start to really empower our selves moving forward. A few questions to finish up. Number one, when confronted with a cultural bias, ask, is this true? So I said that in the beginning when we talked about the culture's perception of society or of aging. Is this true? Is the fact that I'm 70 years old, is it true that I'm too old to try and pick up this log? Is it actually true? The more often you can ask that question, the more likely you are to overcome cultural's push about their beliefs about aging. How can you shift your mindset, your personal mindset about aging? In other words, your perception, your personal perception around what aging is and what it looks like. Part of it is overcoming cultural, the cultural biases of aging, but you also have to actively Think about your own mindset. You have to go, what is my mindset about my current age and about myself 30 years from now and what I think that that looks like and how can you start to shift that? Finally, what can you do to bring younger and older people into your life? How can you regularly surround yourself with younger and older people so that you can get a, gain different perspectives on other people's journey through life? And you'll see that there are different perspectives out there, not just the one that society tells us that we should believe. And remember that when it comes to becoming your best self in general, a lot of it is pushing back on what society tells you is possible. Because what society tells you is possible is usually not true. It's usually not true. And if you can start to understand that, then you can really start to empower yourself to become your best. That's all I have for today. Make sure that you share this with your friends so that they can get the good news as well. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.